the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Today we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And in the preceding verses in the through Ephesians, we've walked through together and we've seen how Paul spent a great deal of time and ink trying to impress upon us the truth of who we are in Christ or who the Ephesians were in Christ at that time. It was very important to him and obviously to the Lord and the Holy Spirit in him for them to know But not just to know, but to own the truth of their existence in Christ, of their union in Christ. Because it is the truth of our life. It is what gives us purpose. It is what gives our life meaning. And it is the reason we're here. We're not here for any other reason but to mature and grow in truth. And we do that moment by moment. In the preceding verses, Paul was telling us that it was the heart of the Father to mature us and to grow us. And of course, what parent doesn't want his children to mature? Maturity is increasing your capacity to live life. It's being fulfilled in who you are. And it's progressive. It increases your capacity to experience the truth of who you are. Because you begin to live it out as you mature. Paul said in Ephesians 4.13 that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God that we might arrive at a really mature manhood, the completeness of personality which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the mature the measure of stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in Him. We are to mature into the likeness of Christ who is our standard. Again, maturing doesn't change who we are. It reveals who we are. A seed to the casual observer is just a seed. But as it matures and grows, it reveals the truth of who it is or what it is, the character of it. And that's us. You see, we were made to reflect Him and to grow into the truth we have within us. One day, it does not yet appear to us who we are because we're still seedlings in many ways. We're still growing. It does not yet appear. But one day, it will be plain. And it reveals. And you know what? Here's the interesting thing about it. 
The child of God recognizes the child of God. He recognizes the truth. It calls out to you. When you spend time with someone who knows the Lord, there's a sense within you that that there's an affinity. There's a relationship there. Sometimes it's distance, but you recognize it. When we mature in the Lord, people don't have to guess about who we are. Because the more mature we are in Christ, the more evident the revelation becomes. So Paul is telling us that we should grow and no longer be like children. Paul tells us in verse 15 that we are to live out of the truth and let the truth and love be expressed individually and corporately as a church. And Paul is now going to tell us in verse 17 the contrast. He's going to talk about the flesh, the old man. And he's going to use the Gentiles, the heathen Gentiles as it describes, as a contrast and an illustration. But what he's, remember who he's talking to. He's not talking to the lost. It would not have been very beneficial to describe the lost to the lost. He is describing to the saved what a life apart from God looks like. And let me tell you something, Christian. That is not just the lost. This is what a life apart from Christ looks like. And this is what a life apart from Christ will become. Starting in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, So this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in His presence, that you must no longer live as the heathen, the Gentiles do, in the perverseness, in the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their soul, and the futility of their minds. Now look at how emphatic he is. Look at how he begins. He says, so I say. In other words, I've told you all about who you are in Christ. I have told you in light of what I have said, what I have told you about your identity in Christ and the riches of your inheritance in Christ. About the provisions that he's made through his indwelling life and the function of the church to mature you in truth. Paul says, I testify to the truth as before the throne in light of all that you know that you are. I say, I command you by the authority of God himself that you must not. Couldn't get any more emphatic than that. Now when the kids were little, I would occasionally, I would tell them, don't get into that. Don't eat those cookies. But there was a whole different emphasis between what I, when I said don't eat those cookies and when I said don't ride your bike in the street. And the emphasis was in direct relationship to the danger that was involved. Because I might mention to them, y'all better not eat the cookies. But when I said don't ride in the street, I was very specific and articulate when I said it. Why? Because that was a danger. One threatened their appetite, the other threatened their life. And I wanted to make sure they understood me. This is what Paul is doing. He's talking to them and he's saying, some of you need to quit living as though you have no God, as the heathen Gentiles do. Don't live that way. No longer should you live that way. You must not. Paul is emphatic because he knows the danger for the child of God. You must not live any longer as the heathen, the Gentiles do, in the perverseness, in the folly and vanity and emptiness of their souls and the futility of their mind. Now, Paul was aware of the challenges the Christian Ephesians faced. 
because Ephesus was a very corrupt place and there was all kinds of idolatry that blatant idolatry and immorality that went on and the societal standard was way below what even today we would call moral but this was the world these Christians lived in and some of them had begun to fall back into living after the flesh I said after the flesh in the world or like the world you see it was real easy for them because they'd been raised in it because it was all about them because they had, they had participated in it and because everything around them said this is who you are and this is what is normal it's normal that you should be immoral it's normal that you should be crass it's normal that you should make light of infidelity it's normal that you should laugh at homosexuality it's normal that you should think drunkenness is something fun it's normal that you should disregard God and make light of who he is it's normal does any of that sound familiar? and they slipped right in because it was normal but who was it normal for? Not for the Christian. Paul says you must not. You must not live like that any longer. And that tells you that it was a problem. And I'm telling you it's a problem now. It talks about, the. let's talk about the word flesh. When the word is used in the Bible, it's speaking of a learned coping mechanism we used and sometimes continue to use to get our needs met, to get life out of something other than God. Okay. Now I'm going to expand that for you a little bit. The Bible also uses the term the old man when referring to the old sin nature that we inherited from Adam. Now we know that we no longer have a sin nature. God makes that real clear. The Bible is full of verses, or particularly in Romans, it tells us it was nailed to the cross and it died when Christ died. Now it also makes it clear that the old man is dead and we're new creations in Christ. We are no longer in the flesh, which is to say, now listen to this, that our life is not in the body. Do you have a body? Yeah, most of you I can see have a body. But your life is not in the body. You have a body, a physical body, and that body has life. Now do you understand the distinction? That body has life, but that is not your life. Your life is in the spirit. Do you understand that? Does that make sense to you? Your life is not in the flesh. Your life is in the body. And the word flesh can also refer to the body. Do you understand that? It says, the Bible says that we are no longer in the flesh. Our life is no longer in the body. Romans 8 9 says, but you are not living the life of the flesh. Do you have flesh? What's this stuff? Do you have it? Yeah, but you're not living a life of the flesh. You are living a life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you, directs and controls you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ and is truly a, is not truly a child of God. So we can still choose to live after the flesh, which means to walk about as though this flesh was our life. But we don't live in the flesh any longer. Romans makes that real clear. We can walk after it, but we do not live in it anymore. We can choose to live after the flesh, but we do not live in the flesh. When you got saved, you became a new creation in your spirit. But the patterns and the, and the methods for living apart from God in the flesh, they're still there for you to trust in if you choose to. You can still pick them up, can't you? 
That's part of the flesh. Now think about it, guys. When you were without Christ, all you had was this body. That was it. So you lived to this body. And it was all about this body. You were either happy or pleased depending upon how this body was taken care of or received. And your plans and your objectives and your goals and everything related to this body, didn't it? Your whole life was surrounding this body. But when you became a Christian, you got a new life. You didn't get a new body, did you? You're now a new creation in Christ, which means that you have been recreated in His image into the Spirit. Your Spirit and His Spirit in union. And that is where your life lays. That's the truth of your life. No longer in the flesh. And now, if you understand that, then Romans and all the Paulian epistles begin to make sense as he tells you, don't live after the flesh. Don't go after the... This is not who you are anymore. The problem is many people live in this duality. They say, well, my life's in the body, but my life's in the spirit, and, you know, my body wants to do this, and my spirit wants to do that, and I did... No, you don't have a duality. You have one life. Christian, you have one life, and it's in Christ. You got a physical body, and you're going to get rid of that at some point. Hopefully, nobody too soon. But your life is in the Spirit. You can still choose to live after it, after the flesh, which means to walk as though the flesh is still your life. And that works hand in hand with what Paul talks about in, in Romans 7 the indwelling sin that resides in our physical body. When you got saved and became a new creation in your spirit, you became a new person. We are not slaves to sin any longer. The body, without the spirit, is chained to sin. Now, Christians, we have a choice. We choose to sin. It's no longer an accident or part of our nature. We choose Romans 6, 4 through 7 says, We were buried therefore with him by the baptism into his death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, so we too might habitually live and behave in newness of life, living out of the truth of our new life. This is a determined way to live. It's a certain habit or practice of living every day. For if we become one with Him by sharing a death like His, we shall also be one with Him in sharing His resurrection by a new life lived for God. You see, He didn't just put the old one to death. He gave us a new one. We know that the old unrenewed self, this is the truth of the old man, was nailed to the cross with Him in order that our body, that is talking about your flesh, which is an instrument of sin, might be made ineffective and inactive for evil that we may no longer be slaves of sin. He did not kill the body. He made it ineffective. We are no longer slaves to the craving and the sin that the body urges us to. We are not slaves to the body. We are servants, and we are children, and we are in union with the Spirit of God. Now, if that doesn't give you some sense of freedom, it ought to. For when a man dies, he is free, loosed 
delivered from the power of sin among men. Okay, let's look back at Ephesians 4.17 and see the condition of those who are walking after the flesh. It says, No longer live as the heathen Gentiles do in the perverseness, in the folly, the vanity and emptiness of their souls and the futility of their mind. The term uh, Gentiles is the New Testament term for pagans, unbelieving pagan. Before, prior to Christ's death and resurrection, prior to the new covenant, Gentile was an identity of a specific person who was not Jewish and could be applied to everyone who was not Jewish. And there was Jews and there were Gentiles. But we know from Ephesians chapter 2 that there's no longer a separation between Jew and Gentile. The wall of hostility, the dividing wall has been torn down and we have been placed together as one in Christ. So Christian, for the Christian there is no Jew, there is no Gentile. So when he addresses Gentiles, he's addressing the pagan Gentile. That's what he's talking about. For we no longer live as the heathen Gentiles do in the perverseness, in the folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls. What is the soul? It's the mind, will, and emotion. And futility of their minds. They are perverse, they are vain, and they're full of folly, which is foolishness, and empty in their minds. And the actual definition for vanity is emptiness. That's what it means, to be empty. Walking after the flesh is mindless. It's a shunning of the truth or the wisdom of God. And we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. He will direct your mind in truth. He will put his desires in your heart. But you must choose. You must choose where your mind goes. The thing that he is telling you is that all the wisdom of God is made available to you and you access it through your soul because you are in union with Christ. His desires can be your desires when you yield to Him. But you choose truth. You reject truth and you live as the heathen Gentiles do. The danger is that we will reject the truth and our minds will follow after the flesh. And when Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, which this has obviously happened to them, in 1 Corinthians 15:34 he says, "Awake from your drunken stupor and return." Now, we know drunkenness is a choice. Return to sober sense and your right mind and sin no more. Now, is he talking to lost people or saved people? Saved. He's talking to Christians. But listen to their condition. For some of you have not the knowledge of God. You are utterly and willfully and disgracefully ignorant and continue to be so. Lacking the sense of God's presence and all true knowledge of Him. I say this to your shame. He's talking to Christians who've willfully chosen ignorance. It's a willful ignorance. Paul is talking to those who have chosen to walk after the flesh. And he says, wake up. He's talking to people who have decided that the flesh is their identity. That life is in the body. And that they're living for this body. And it's all about this body. And Paul says, you need to yield that body as an instrument of righteousness. Righteousness. 
and live to the Spirit. When you yield to the Spirit of God, the body becomes an instrument of righteousness because it becomes the expression of Christ Himself. But when you don't, what does it express? What is the truth of its witness? He will direct you. He says, wake up. Some of you are lacking the sense of God's presence. In other words, living as though He doesn't exist is what He's telling him. Return to your right minds. For us to live that way is insane. He says, right minds. What He's saying is your thinking's messed up. For you to live like your body is the, is the be-all, end-all of your existence, like your walk upon this earth is all there is, is insane. Do you not realize who you are? Wake up! He couldn't be any more clear about it. Christian, we have a choice to make, but it's a moment-by-moment choice. Paul continues in Ephesians 4.18 to describe that, the flesh. He says, Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, estranged, self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature. Their moral understanding is darkened. Their reason is beclouded or distorted. This is your condition apart from God. You become blinded in your judgment. The lost man has no basis for moral understanding, and he uses reason to justify his lust. But the reasoning he uses is warped by his own wickedness and therefore is beclouded or distorted. Man, can we not see that in politics today? It becomes distorted. Paul is not talking to the lost, remember that. He's talking to the saved. He says this is the condition of a man who willfully rejects God. And Christians, we can willfully reject the presence and the intimacy and the union we have with Him. doesn't mean we lose it. It just means we live like we don't have it. Do you understand that? There's a danger involved in that. The danger is when you willfully ignore the truth, you become darkened and willfully blind. Look at the progression. Darkened, blind to the presence and wisdom of God. And Paul also used the word hardened. And that's a medical term. We can apply it to hardening of the arteries. As you know, that doesn't happen overnight, does it? That's a progressive problem. The flesh has a life, and it is a physical life, a physical existence, but it is not our life. We become darkened when we set our minds on the things of the flesh, when the flesh becomes our priority. Romans 8, 5 says, For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. You see the difference between living in the flesh, living after the flesh, and living after the Spirit? You set your mind. In each case, you set your mind. Who sets it? You set it. You decide. You choose. The reality of your life, whether you want to believe it at the time, whether you feel it or not, is that you are a spiritual person. 
united with the Holy Spirit. That is where your life is. But you choose. You choose to make that your life. You choose to operate in the wisdom of that life. You choose to seek after the things of God. And that's what it's called, to renew your mind in truth. To live out of the truth. In Ephesians, he says, they become apathetic and callous. He says, in their spiritual apathy, for 419, in their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feeling and reckless and have abandoned themselves as prey to unbridled sensuality, eager and greeting to indulge in every form of impurity that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. They become apathetic and callous towards God. They become unfeeling and the, and the word there is like a leper. Some of you may say, well, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not ruled by such appetites. Well, how about the need to control? Or how about the need to be the center of attention? Or how about the need to be recognized? Or how about the need to be right? All of that's in the flesh. All of that is gratifying your senses. It's the same thing. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.